consider yourself normal then this is not the show for you please go somewhere else this is wyrd if it's getting weird it's got to be the weird mountain gals show you're listening to byron and alicia the weird mountain gals You got that from? I don't know. It just came out of my head. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. No, because I don't think I've ever seen it. Really? Yeah. There's a, a place there where the grandparents show up for uh, Christmas at the house, and everybody's waiting for them to show up, and it cuts out, and as you see the kids are taking naps and all this stuff, and then you hear, ding dong, ding dong, and then you hear a long drawn out. Ding dong. <laughs> and everybody knows your grandparents are here. <laughs> Christmas vacation. Yeah, from the person who doesn't watch TV and know, doesn't go to movies. Funny. It's like. It sounds like it's good. It's, yeah, it's hilarious. And uh, do you remember, there's another one. Um, Christmas in, oh no, wait, a snowman in July. Oh, I hated that. I thought it was oh. the most bizarre, oh, creepy. So creepy. Oh my It was God. like claymation. Yes, and, yes. And the very end of it, the snowman, he danced out into a field in July, and he he dies this slow, melting death while he's twirling around, and, and the only thing left is his carrot for his nose and his hat, his and maybe, hat. yeah, and the bunny comes. And it's the circle of life. <laughs> it's a circle of life. Oh, but, how creepy. And the bunny is freaky. The bunny starts eating his carrot yes. nose, and he yes. goes, he was a good snowman, a very good snowman. There's just so much creepy crap <laughs> that we watched as kids and that our kids watched. My daughter is now a grown-up in every way. In fact, she was a grown-up when she was four, as I've said before. But she watched these movies, and I, I watched some of them fairly recently. The, um, the Everlasting Story, ever something like that. And in it, this little this little boy, who's like the little hero boy saving the princess, he has a pony, a Treyu is either the boy's name or the pony's name. Yeah. And we get to watch the pony die in quicksand. Uh, what nice. is the point uh, of showing children up? Uh, it's like, you know, be careful with quicksand, kids. If you don't get your <laughs> pony in the quicksand. So what the hell is that all about? I don't know. I think they're oh maybe God. they're trying to imprint kids young because oh. my generation oh. of it and probably your generation of it, the, the show that did that for me was Bambi. And old Yeller. Oh, I mean I know they're all yeah, beloved. The but, oh my oh God. Oh my god, at least it was Bambi. I was traumatized was, over Bambi. No, and Dumbo, all that stuff just uh, killed me when I was a kid. I know. I watched that Walt Disney thing on Sunday night at 7 o'clock. Yes, The Wonderful World, the Wonderful of, World Di of Disney. 
And anytime, if it was a, one of them damn dog movies oh, yeah. where the little dogs get lost and they have all their adventures, I would just start crying at the beginning and cry <laughs> all the way to the end. Oh, no. and, and my parents would never say, why don't you go outside? We're going to watch this now, honey. Why don't you go outside and play with, play with our dog? Oh, no. But, oh, no, I'd have to watch it and I'd just ball, ball, ball. I don't get what the tradition is about it. And the whole, like, lullaby thing. Is, that's some of the creepiest lyrical music that oh, I've yeah. ever heard. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and Ring Around the Rosie and well, all that. Well, that was not a children's thing. It was, yeah, but it turned into, <laughs> when I was a kid, it was. It was a children's thing, but it wasn't. Yeah. It was a, I mean, we ought to be singing that right now. Uh, yeah, no Except, doubt. Yeah, I guess you get rosy with the coronavirus. No, but they thought if it smelled good and they put it in a handkerchief. Oh, you yeah. see, pocket full of posies and yeah. stuff. Uh, uh, we're not really thinking about that. I'd rather think about Christmas in July. I know. But there's some creepy... <laughs> Yeah, well, there you is. You know how creepy that... Oh, I guess we'll have a crow on that one, Craig. Sorry. Because <laughs> Christmas can be pretty darn creepy. Christmas can be just maudlin, too. Because, you know, all that ghost stuff that we throw on Halloween now, mm -hmm. originally that happened at Christmas. Mm -hmm. ghost so that was the time when the spirits wandered abroad, and you were likely to have to deal with not only ancestral ghost spirits, mm -hmm. but other kinds of spirits oh, yeah, that were going to be... Oh. Well, you know, what Everything's can you say? Creepy, well, uh, my creepy Christmas thing was the uh, Sears catalog. Why was that creepy? Well, because that was everybody's porno back then. That was a kid's porno. It was like, <laughs> that's where you learned what underwear looked like when you were growing Boys up. Boys underwear. Boys underwear yeah, or girls underwear. underwear like I, I looked at every damn page of that catalog, girls really and boys underwear. Yeah, I really, really did. And so it was just creepy, but... Through the years, I've asked my friends that were guys, hey, when you were a kid, did you go look at the bras and panties at Sears catalog? Yes, they all did. Of Every one of them. Of course they did. And then after that, it was the National Geographic. Yes. Ooh, <laughs> South America, Africa. So naked boobies. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. And they all have. They all have. I even looked at National Geographic. We had a subscription to it. Wow. And so, you know, it came in. It was my mom and dad. I don't know if they looked at it or not, but I scanned every page, <laughs> not just for the boobies, honestly. <laughs> well, I don't, it's funny, I don't remember us ever having the Sears catalog. I guess we did. Oh. But I don't remember. But, you know, back in the day, like in the late 1800s, you could buy like a house in the Sears catalog. You could buy anything from the Sears Tractor. catalog. Yep. It was the Amazon of its day. It was, and the only thing I really cared about, all jokes aside about the underwear and stuff, was looking through the toys every year. Oh, oh yeah. I spent hours and hours, you know, probably sitting in the floor, going through yeah. the Sears catalog, just looking at everything, huh. everything. It was, uh, and here's the thing, it was such a big deal in kid world, and I believe it was a big deal in grown-up world, although I'm not an authority about it back then, but the the uh, post office driver, the driver who uh -huh. worked for the post office, yeah. would have to make special arrangements on the day that it came out because oh, it was I so big. 
Yeah, it was yeah. so big, and it would take up so uh -huh. much space in the truck and stuff, and and um, we would look for it. We would know ahead of time when it was coming. coming. I, I don't know how we knew, and we would wait for it, see what the new kid things were that we were going to be told we couldn't live without. You know. Well, I remember in the uh, outhouse down below us, which was always the closest one for anybody to use. Uh, they always had a big old Sears catalog in there for wiping paper. So that was our outhouse. That's just, you know. <laughs> you know, I know that's a cliche, but it also is true. It's well, the yeah, closest no. thing they had to a uh, roll of toilet paper like yeah. we have today was that. And then you wouldn't have to... Uh, Put it, you know, hope, you know, put it all in one place or something. It was just one catalog. Tear it out a sheet at a time, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Boy, I'm glad I didn't have to go through that. I've, well, I've been, you know, outhouses. Yes, I've. It made you know, me strong, I guess. I it know. did. It, it did. made me appreciate a flushing toilet. Guarantee it. And you know that whole. Um, what y'all don't know is here on Weird Mountain, we have replaced the toilet and fixed the drain <laughs> on the bathtub. A well-footed cast iron bathtub. <laughs> and because we, uh, when we did that, the reason we did that, the backstory is that this little old bathroom, when y'all come visit us for some porch music, you have to see this little tiny bathroom. Y'all got closets bigger in this bathroom. It's tiny. <laughs> it's like one of those New York bathrooms yeah. in the restaurants and yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. And so in order to clean under the tub, I have to get down on my belly with a rag and clean underneath that footed tub. So I was doing that one day and I was reaching up, I was laying on my left hand side, reaching up with my left hand to clean, which meant I was looking at the bottom of the toilet bowl and, and one of my hairs was on there and I was like, damn, how do I get up? And I put my finger up there to move the hair and it didn't move because it was cracking the toilet. So, which could be dangerous. Which is not something you want to indulge in. Oh, no. Long. So, our good old plumber boy came and fixed it, and now, man, it flushes like a. Woo, yes, man. it does, like a champion warrior. And it saves water, it does all that good stuff. Good for you. That's we it. love you, new little toilet. We'll give you right. one day. Thank you. Thank you. But I, I, I almost. I almost never flush a toilet without thinking, I'm flushing the toilet. This is a good thing. That's because you started out. I grew up without one, okay. without a flush toilet. Yeah. Well, like I said, I was lucky. I didn't ever grow up that way. Yeah. Some of my kinfolk had outhouses, but mm -hmm. it, that was an optional thing for me because well, I could always right. go somewhere else. Well, and festivals, you know, all festivals out on the land, they've got porta potties. Mm -hmm. And with bio like, toilets. Oh, porta potties. Ooh, ooh. And I'm just like, oh, I don't know. That's the cleaner than most of the outhouses I've used in my life. So yeah, most likely. I'm not going to complain about that. Yay. Well, and my friends, parents who lived, excuse me, grandparents who lived up in Madison, uh -huh. well, they always had that. And they never had running water inside the house or anything like that either. And I remember after they passed, we went into the barn. There were a lot of these hand-thrown, just kind of weird containers. Mm -hmm. And we could not figure out, because they weren't really the right size to be, you know, a milking container. Mm -hmm. But we finally figured out that they were to take inside at night. and take. Remember how wow, they... Oh, like a chamber pot. Chamber pot, pot thank yeah. you. That's what it was called. Yep. 
Yes, yeah, somebody was on, I don't know, some show and referred to that as a, look, it's like a giant coffee cup. And I thought, well, I don't think I drink my coffee out there, but oh. maybe if I scalded it out there. No, I'm not. No, no yeah. just the thought of it. If I don't have to, I don't think I ever would. No, but I'm telling you, sometimes these festivals, and I've got a big old tent, I've got an eight-man tent, and it's just the two of us in it usually, and, uh, and w of course, we're neither one of us tidy, so everything's everywhere. But I've got friends that have little chamber pots inside the tent, so they don't have to go out in the middle of the night to pee. Which I'm raising my hand, I always <laughs> do. I always have to pee about three thirty in the morning. Yeah. So it'd be nice to have one of those in there. Well, they call them if in modern times. I think they became called, or they, whatever however you say that. I don't know why I can't speak English today, but <laughs> I think they were called a blunderbuss which I know that was also uh -huh. a rifle oh, that makes but sense. A in the country yeah in the country they would call them a blunderbuss and the reason that I know that is because I would go to the auction and they would show up for sale in the auction and sometimes they call yeah. them a thunderpot too a thunderpot mm -hmm. thund yeah I guess yeah, so and I think the ones that I've seen that were more common back then had some sort of a handle on them because they yeah, had an they angle Yes. It wasn't just like a little open right. bowl that you, you did your business in. It's a little lid, so when you take it downstairs, you don't have to slouch it on your car. Oh, again, things I'm so grateful you, about. You know, I mean, the world really is different. I, my grandmother's older sister and her family lived out kind of near where we did in the country, uh, out in uh, Case Cove. And they had a gravity-fed gravity-fed spring water came into the kitchen oh. so they never turned the water off in the wow. kitchen because if they turned it off you lost the feed and wow. it, was a, it was a pain in the butt to get that going again but I didn't know any better and I went in and got a drink of water and turned off the and turned off the, the faucet you know yeah. and went back outside to play and it wasn't five minutes later I heard my great aunt just squall in the oh. kitchen who turned off the water? Oh. And of course, it had to be somebody that wasn't there all the time. Well, and, yeah. uh, um, they grabbed me up pretty quick. And but you know, they were so gentle and sweet about that. They didn't fuss. They didn't cuss. They, I didn't. I wasn't whooped. Nobody cut a switch. None of that stuff. Right. They just said, "You." They explained to me how gravity worked, and that the water comes in because it comes downhill. And they explained the whole thing to me. I couldn't have been more. I'm a four or five years old. Well, in your defense, then, you weren't guilty of doing no. anything except what you'd been taught no, to do. No, and so. honestly, within five or ten minutes, I had it going. Yeah. And it's just, I guess it was just a process they didn't want to have to do. What a cool thought that is, though, the gravity. Yeah. I'd never really Spray thought of that. I've never known in. anybody who yeah. did that. Yeah, that's awesome. Cool. Dang. Dang. Well, here we are. We went and I think she's the first one I ever saw that had the uh, cannon jar in the kitchen window with the little bits of broken glass on it. I believe that's the first place I ever saw that. And because I tell this story in one of my books, because if you talk to old timers and like that's like the generation before my generation and then the one before that. Okay. Who had that, they'll go, well, honey, I mean, anytime somebody 
finds a pretty piece of glass in the yard. We just put it in there. It looks pretty like a stained nice. glass window. And that way the little children don't get their feet cut Because, oh. you know, we never wore shoes most of the time. Right. Or we wore cheap flip-flops and a piece of glass just cut right through. Mm -hmm. But it, that comes out of the British tradition to keep uh, mischievous spirits out of your house. I did not know that. So most of these people don't know it either. Hmm. They just know it's a traditional thing. I have oh, seen it. I always did that. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. And that's what it's for. That's interesting. Because there's a, 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 the mythology, I guess I'll say, around that is that uh, those little imps that want to come in and cause mischief in your house, they can't go past edges. So they got to count all the edges. And in um. a bro with broken glass like that, they've got to count every one of those edges, and they're not good at keeping track of their counting. <laughs> so they just stay there perpetually. Still counting all They're the drinking imps. They can't get in. Isn't that fun? <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. That's a cute one as opposed to some of the ones I grew up with, yeah. like Hansel and Gretel and all that stuff. My yeah. ger my grandfather on my mom's side was uh, German, maybe, descent. But he, he knew all of those old uh, fairy tales, folk tales, lullabies, oh, yeah. whatever you want to call them. And he would sing Poor Babe in the Woods. Do you remember oh, that? Oh, gosh, yes. <sighs> What the heck? Oh. They did a, and I later found out that they were fine with scaring me about stuff like that because they knew where they lived and they knew what I was likely to do, which was, uh -huh. yeah, I was, I didn't see danger anywhere. No, I was just a kid. I just wanted to go do stuff and yeah. I w would freely wander sometimes. But honestly, stuff will scare me now. I mean, I'll feel that feeling and it's like, what is that? Oh, you're afraid of something. What are you afraid of? And it'll be something so stupid, like, I've got to go get my driver's license renewed. <laughs> That'll be the thing that scares me. And I'll think, you are the child who used to ride crazy horses. If there was a horse that would buck anybody off, I'd have to be on it. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> because I had this, I had a reputation to uphold that I was the, I was the horse whisperer. Oh. You know, any badass sort of horse, you did, oh, leave it with Byron, she'll... She'll have it tamed down in a minute. I did oh, not know that. Out. Oh, yes, ma'am. How old were you when you started riding? Oh, 10, 8, something like that. Pretty young. Yeah. No, not really. I mean, kids start really young. But we didn't have ponies or anything until I was older. Hmm. I was one of those little kids always saying, Can we have a pony, Daddy, on a horse? We had a jackass for a while, but we couldn't ride it. <laughs> no, and you wouldn't want to. Oh, I don't know. They're not bad to ride. My friend Michael rides one all the time. They bite. Now, you that's the only... Unless you break them up. Well, that's true. Because we had a little old... Oh, that little damn Shetland pony. Silver was his name. Silver. And he used to bite, bite, bite. He didn't bite me because, you know, I was the horse whisperer. But he bit everybody else. He bit my cousin, June. I think it was my cousin, June. And she grabbed that pony's ear and she bit the fire out of him. And he never bit anybody again. Wow. She said, that's how you break them. Okay. I have never seen uh, that. Oh, we are rough and tumble. People see me now and they go, oh, look, it's that nice Appalachian woman. <laughs> they don't realize. I I'll fight you. 
I'm not here. I'm just, you know, I grew up. You're a tornado in the I yard. I grew up rough. Very Did, rough. You, well, you, you know what? You finished out okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a veneer that I think that I'm well. get, I, I get ill about stuff and I'll just say, well, you are just as mean as you were when you were 10 years old. You're not mean. You're no, just I'm practical. Not. You're just practical. Well, things just... They just get on me, I guess. I have never seen you just say, oh, you know what? I think I'm going to be mean to somebody and just no. make fun of them or torture them or whatever, whatever. I've never seen you do that. I've never seen you use your talents for anything that wasn't absolutely deserved. It wasn't healing. That, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying you're practical. You take I'm care of things. I'm I want things orderly. Yeah. Now, that doesn't make you mean. No, I can't be mean, though. Let, let, we're not going to mince words about that. Mm. Uh, but I don't, like I used to have a terrible, I can't believe we're talking about all this. I used to have a terrible temper. And there are people now who say, oh, I've seen you mad. You don't have such a bad temper. And I'll go, that's because you've never seen me mad. And I guarantee it. Because when I, when my daughter was born, I realized I had to get control of it. Mm-hmm. Because you can't have a child being afraid of you when you lose your temper. Right. And I never would have struck her or anything, but uh, me losing my temper was a scary thing to behold, apparently. And so I just figured out three or four tricks to get me to the place where I don't lose my temper anymore. Because trust me, you don't see it. No, I don't. I don't feel it. It's, it's not good. <laughs> I, I don't want to lose my temper because everybody loses, including myself when I lose mm -hmm. my temper. So it's like, I don't think well anymore. I just, you know, and I know I've got one, and I remember my family talking about it through the years, about my terrible temper when I was a kid. You know, they told a story. Do you remember play pins? Mm -hmm. The kind of baby death traps? Because they're <laughs> made with all kinds of things that would pinch your fingers off and hang it you was and like stuff a dog like that. Candle for it, except, yeah, except I think it was more dangerous. But anyway, I, evidently I didn't want to be in one and got put in one anyway and got so mad about it that, that I passed out. Oh my God. I just was like, they said I was just so mad that I started just shaking, and they said it went beyond <laughs> holding my breath. They said, <laughs> oh <laughs> that I just. Oh my God, I can totally see that little redheaded young man, and she is so bad. <laughs> they said I was and just. And I bet they just left the room <laughs> laughing at you. I don't oh know. Oh my God. Oh no, Alicia's mad again. What's got, what's got that redhead mad now? <laughs> Well, but I'm from a family of redheads. They're all red. I'm not unusual. Uh, <laughs> not well, in my family. And our family always was was known. We were known as people with terrible tempers. Really? Terrible. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like the I win when I'm under control. Me too. That's just Absolutely. all there is to it. And when it comes to having someone in the room that. We're at odds or sparring or something, and I've said it before, the calmest one in the room wins every single time. Well, and people who know me now know that I, they're not going to see me lose my temper, but when I get cold and formal and I start to speak very slowly yep, and me I get too. a little smile on my face <laughs> and I'm being very agreeable about something everybody knows I'm just 
getting ready to knife somebody over, that's when you have to look out. Because no. revenge is always a dish best served cold. Truth. It is truth. It is. So, and we went. July. I know, we're going to talk about the Sears catalog. Now we're talking about revenge. Well, you know, you could buy a toilet in the Sears catalog. I know. wonder if you could hire a hitman in the Sears catalog. That might be a special, in the very back. In the very back. Specialty, specialty items. <laughs> you get a mail order bride. You get yeah, somebody with a, who's quiet with a gun. I don't know. Quiet with a gun. <laughs> I don't know. That, it they seems would, like you could get anything now. They... One year, I think, I believe, I'm not swearing, but I believe you could order Easter chicks. Oh, yeah. At one time from that oh, catalog. Oh, sure. And it, bees. Isn't that great? Oh, you could get bees from there? Cool. I think so. I mean, that's how you get bees now. You order them through the mail. You got, I just love that catalog. Yeah. And I would, I would look through every and I love section. I old ones, you know, like from 1910. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. That's art nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. I have a CD that that contains every single National Geographic every, ever printed, right? Well, up until, I guess the CD's about five years uh -huh. uh, old. And, you know, it just sits there. I don't look at it. Not that I can't, because now I can keyword reference search every article they ever did. Oh, yeah. But it's just not the same. No, it's really not. I've got a CD of... The great religious books and thoughts, or something. It's like, I don't know, a blue million different books from different religions. And I never look at it. I, I probably should, but I just never do. Well, I don't know. I we have a book that's a book. That tactile feeling. Yep. We must have said this before at some point, but my friend told me that I'll never, I'll never pick up my iPad and have a pair of tickets drop out from between the pages. Yeah. That reminds me of a trip or yeah. something, something, yeah. something. It's true. It's just a tool for information now. But yeah. it doesn't have the character that the books did. Even, mm -hmm. even the Sears catalogs. I remember looking at one and there was a, what's it called? It's a Star Trek Vertibird. Oh. And a, the Star Trek Vertibird was in that catalog. And what the Vertibird was, was a base in the middle, and then there was a stick, and it held like a helicopter, or I guess it held the Starship Enterprise. Oh, and yeah. you would turn it on, and it would just rotate around in a oh. circle. So it's one of the holy grails of Star Trek collector's oh. items now. It's worth, in good shape, it's worth thousands and thousands of dollars. Oh and I remember looking at it and going, telling my mom that my brother would probably like that for Christmas. And is, he sure, a big is he a big Trekkie? No, he wasn't. And he was only like six. And she had probably just said, what do you think your brother would like for Christmas? And I remember picking that out for him. And he got it. And there were some pictures of all of us at Christmas, including him with that vertebrate out. And he was playing with it. And I showed it later on to a legal husband who about passed out because there's that vertebrate, that thing Does that... Does he not have one? Oh, yeah. But oh. <laughs> at the time. <laughs> that was pre-eBay days. Oh, yeah. You know, and it was hard to find stuff. Oh, but fine. And I remember the lunch boxes that they had in the Sears catalog. Uh -huh. They were crazy cool. 
You're crazy cool. I won't veer off from Sears catalog for a minute to say, I was thinking about the other day, the Halloween costumes you used to get at like mm. Roses or WT Grants. With those face masks. Yeah. And it was like a one piece thing that you slid into and it tied at the back. And then there was a, a plastic mask. Plastic mask. mask. <laughs> Sometimes it was a hood or something. To yeah. And it'd be held on with a little yeah. rubber band thing that yes. would just pop the hell out of you. Yes. <laughs> and, and it was things like hobos and yep. angels. And, and all these things that are not politically correct oh, at all. Oh, no, not in, by any stretch of the imagination. Somehow, I think I saw a photo of you. Maybe on one With of the old... With a frog mask. Maybe, uh-huh. maybe. And oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> and I have this look on my face like, ooh. I would but have I the... remember loving that costume and wearing it oh, yeah. way long after Halloween was over. That was one of those things that you just put so... It was like kid year revolved around a few days. Oh, yeah. And that was oh, one of them. I loved Halloween. I didn't like those masks because I couldn't breathe in them. Oh, but I just yeah. loved Halloween, you know. And and I'll tell you, and I, I think I may have told everybody this before, but my family were involved in the Scouts at the time. Mm-hmm. My little brother was a Cub Scout. My dad was a Cub Scout leader. Nice. And they would meet in the basement of the church in West Asheville on Haywood Road there. Uh-huh. And that's where they also had the haunted house every year for Halloween. Yes. Now, yeah. Can you imagine a church today sponsoring a a haunted house like that? Because it was blatantly a haunted house. There was no spin on it. Yeah. You know. No, I mean, that used to be true. Um, They'd have, I don't know, religion is different than it was when I was coming up. Way different. Um, but but I didn't I wasn't churched I just went to church sometimes with my grandmother yeah me to too. a pretty lo- laid back Methodist church <laughs> so yeah I don't know but yeah I can't imagine that but at which church did you say it was it was West it was in West Asheville and it was one over there by the library and on Haywood Road Is that the I don't West know if it's Asheville Baptist or church? Methodist because I never went to church there I just went to Scouts there. <laughs> And then the year I did go to Scouts, Girl Scouts, I also went to a church on Haywood Road to meet there, and it was that big one uh, that is closer down to the to your side of town. And I can't remember the name of it either. It was a beautiful church. It had a beautiful Gothic archway at the top of uh, that um, for the door going in. It may have been the Methodist Church. I don't remember a Methodist church along there, but I know there must be. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. Because where there's a Baptist church, there's almost always a Methodist church. Well, you know, there's Baptist, and then there's Southern Baptist. And then there's Free Will Baptist. Free Will Baptist. And there's Independent Baptist. And there's, oh, yeah. There's as many Baptists as there are Wiccans. <laughs> and I'm sure that there is something that distinguishes them. I'm not sure what it would be. Well, we as, can find that out. As somebody who has been a long-term polytheist, um, I, I never could tell the difference, really. It was like Baptists, Presbyterians, Methodists. All, I couldn't, it was like they had the same God. They did. But it's it, all governance. It's all in how the it, structure of the, of the larger church yeah, is yeah. organized. Well, for me, the difference was more along the lines of Baptist, Methodist, Lutheran, oh, right, Catholic, Lutheran, you know. Catholic. Yeah, Baptist, Methodist, Lutheran, Catholic, or Episcopal. If you were in a big city, they would have an Episcopal place. 
you know, and there was also the more, the snake handling churches and stuff like that. Those are my favorites. <laughs> They'd get a little wild during they, that service. They do. I remember going to a, was that, and I don't remember if that was a snake handling church or not, but the preachers got started. And I remember where I was sitting. I was sitting on uh, audience right, <laughs> stage left, about four rows back, and he got started. And it sounded like a train. And it was like a train coming down the track. <laughs> and the first thing he did was loosen his tie. And then he took off his jacket. And then he took off his tie. <laughs> and then he took off his vest. Oh no. And then he jumped over the podium and landed on his knees in the center aisle. <laughs> oh! <laughs> he was he was hit by the spirit. He was slain. And the whole world, the whole world of that church was on their feet. Yes, yes, yes. Preach, Lord, preach. Yes, hear him. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, my gosh. And a little old unchurched me, I was just like, whoa. What the hell is going on here? Well, that, that was something. What? That predated the snake handling, though. Because by the time I got the snake handle, I was ready. Like, yeah, bring out the snakes. I got to tell you, that's showmanship if you can leap off a podium and land on your oh, knees. Oh, and he was a little bitty banny man. You know, it was like... Little skinny man, I bet he wore probably size 28 pants. Little tiny man. And he just leapt flat-footed over that thing. Ah, it was the spirit of the Lord that moved him right into, right into the eye. So when he was graduating high school or whatever, he had to decide, pro wrestling <laughs> or preaching. And he kind of combined them, sort of. He just leaps, lands on his knees. Elbow down on the... No, well, anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, and he evidently, evidently did that periodically. That's oh. when he got the fire in him, you know, right after that. Did he you... started speaking in tongues. Oh, I was, was going to say, did they you bust out in tongues? But I didn't realize a Baptist busted out in tongues that often. Oh, I don't think this I, was a Baptist. Oh, okay. It's a spirit-filled, independent... Okay. Oh, that was the other one, yes. If I it mean, was Assembly of God or Church of God... Oh, this then, might have been Assembly of God, yeah. Then those were the ones that were the wild churches. Oh, my God. Is that, I guess those are where the snake handlers were at, too. Yeah. Most likely. And boy, did they get, and they used props. Oh, yeah, real well. I saw a preacher come in one day wrapped in a white flag carrying a cross as if it was a sword, just like, and he was singing something, I can't remember what. And by the time he made it to the front, where the podium was, his audience or congregation, excuse me, was going crazy. And of course, there was always the gentleman, here comes his plate, here comes uh -huh. the collection plate, here it comes. And the more they would holler, the the more would go in the collection plate, I bet you. I don't know. Oh, I bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, can you... I'm inspired by him. He's just inspired. <laughs> well, it's funny, that collection plate thing is so, that is so ubiquitously Christian, it feels like that I was in an interfaith thing, golly, 10 years ago, and I was sitting with a Buddhist on one side and a maybe Unitarian or something on the other, and then we were creating this program, this interfaith program, and the person who was organizing said, okay, and this would be a good place here to go ahead and pass the offering plate. And I just, I busted out laughing, <laughs> and I said, oh, 
And I looked at the person on either side of me and I said, I just, I, I, I never would have, and the Buddhist was like, yeah. <laughs> okay, sure. I guess if you want the offering now, you, okay. Well, there's always that going on. I guess. But I, that's not a universal thing in a church. Not I thought it was, though. I really thought not it was. Not all churches do it, but all, all Christian churches do. I've got to put a song <laughs> up, a link to this song. You know, I talk about Kevin Kinney all the time uh -huh. from Driving and Crying, and he wrote one of the greatest songs about uh, a street preacher, a young street preacher that he ran into on the streets of Asheville, North Carolina. I'll put it up. It was oh, It's a great yeah. song. And, of course, Chris Rosser wrote a great song about that, you know. Uh, I'll have He's to put so those good. up. Yeah, yeah. I'll put those links in whatever the next posting ends up being. And maybe I've got, I've got some photos that I need to dig out of some old-timey church stuff going on. You know, and I, I noticed the last time I snuck off over to Robbinsville was a quick trip. It was just a boom, boom. Not I didn't stop for gas. I didn't do anything except pick up one thing, and I lysoled it before it ever got in the car. Good. And then I came on back, but I enjoyed the, the ride there, the old ride. And I took the old way part of the time just so what I could see. the old way? 1923, yeah, mostly. You know. straight out. It, well, yeah, but it takes a lot longer. It does. Went the old way and just kind of looked at a few now, things. Now, does that take you up SoCo Gap? Yes. Yeah. Yep. And so saw that, and I realized in Robbinsville that most of the churches, the little churches, they're still there, but there are some big, giant churches that are forming out there. Huh. Kind of made me sad. It's yeah. Like, yeah. It's like the big, giant grocery store. I know. Well, I, know I know. It's useful. Well, I know. But me too. Me too. I still like the little one. What can I say? Yeah. That's just a, I, th I guess, every generation feels that way. It does. Every generation feels the loss. Yeah. And yeah. the generation after that goes, well, I don't know why we had to lose that. That's perfectly good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. It's still, you know, at least we can take that trip and see some things. The old Rock City barn that used to greet me when I would get into town yeah. has fallen in. Oh. It's just fallen in. You can still see where it used to say that, uh -huh. but there's a lot of stuff that's just... Yeah. And the old sign that said, where will you be in af when you die, heaven or hell? And it would scare me all the way up Stecola Mountain <laughs> thinking about that. Well, I don't think I'm going to be in heaven because um, I've not behaved the way I should. And, yeah. and I have now this kind of weird love for those terrible tourist trap shops mm. all along 1923 where you could buy yourself a hillbilly hat and get yourself a brown jug. And or a hermit yourself. crab. Or you can get yourself an Indian headdress. That's right, with purple oh, dyed, purple oh, and pink yeah. feathers made in yes, wherever. Exactly. You know. Probably, it probably made in Vietnam. Now. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Oh, and there is a I don't know which shop it is. It must be all the way out in Cherokee that had a great big old bear. I don't know if it was carved or what oh. it was made out of. And there's. There's pictures of me through the ages standing with that bear, and there's a picture of my daughter when she was about eight years old with that bear. With that bear. <laughs> so I need to go back out there and scout around, see if that big old that bear is still there. Road trip right there. Well, I, and I love going out there. I it do. just feels like my childhood so much. Well, because it was Frontier well, yes. Land, Ghost Town, mm -hmm. Ghost Town Santa's Town. Land. 
I mean, I put that picture on the Facebook. Yes, you did. Me and my grandpa going up to Ghosttown <laughs> to see Dan Blocker. That's the thing. He's gonna be there. He's my grandmother's favorite one on Bonanza. Yep. So see, Cherokee was it was the Disney for the mountains, oh, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but I always loved the uh, O'Connell of the Indian Village. Yeah. Because I wanted to. I always wanted to to just pretend. And just slip into one of those exhibits and learn how to weave baskets. <laughs> could I could I just sit right here on this log and help you weave that basket? You know the the person the grown up in me knows now, but I remember when those baskets were just so common. They uh -huh. were just yeah. you could find them anywhere, mm -hmm. anywhere, and they weren't collectors' items. No, no. they were just just anywhere, and the just some of the neatest shapes. Uh huh. Because it's, yeah. you know everybody thinks about those baskets in the uh, Charleston area that the Gullah people make. Mm -hmm. Well, that's all nice and good, but wow, those baskets that the Cherokee uh, women yeah, make. My goodness, yeah. big. They'll have a shape like a, a mound over this way and a mound over that way, and it's like, what is this one yeah. for? Yeah, Each yeah. one of them, ah, oh, just beautiful stuff. We still have a few of them. They yeah. were made for a lifetime. They really were. They re and to be used. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a hand hand down tradition. Mm -hmm. Those baskets were. And, and I always wanted to help the fellow that was doing the dugout canoe because you'd have to <laughs> dig it out for a while and then burn it. Burned it down. And dug it out. And burned it. Down. I thought, yeah. well, that'd be good. I'd love to learn to do that. <laughs> to, uh, yeah. yeah. I'd love to watch other people do that. <laughs> I bet this hard work, I guess. Yeah, man. Yeah, that uh, was so good. I'd like to go back there and see how it's changed. It's got a lot of c casino. No, I mean you know. the village. Oh, a Colonel Empty Village. I think it's still open. But it would, got, you know. It's been a lot of years, and I don't know yeah. what is... I'm reaching you for know, my handheld politically correct. Oh, your handheld yes, information device. Yes, I'll see about O'Connell at the Indian Village. Uh, but the museum out there has really gotten amazing. Mm -hmm. Hear the birds? I do. <laughs> there it is. And it seemed like every year, no, it seemed like it was alternate years in, in school you either went to the Biltmore House or you went to the O'Connell Up the Indian Village. Oh, really? Like one or the other. I never went to the Biltmore House as a field trip or Cherokee as a field trip. I, my field trip was, let's see, where did they go? We went to some place that had a dam out around, oh, Bee Tree Lake was it. That was it. Oh, the, that huh. was every year we would always go to Bee Tree Lake for a field trip for, from school. And did you ever go down to see the um, the geyser at, at um, oh gosh, where is that? Kind of old, the Old Fort geyser? No, it's not called Old Fort, but it's, yeah, no. it's on the way to Old Fort. Never did. Oh, the geyser. Yes, ma'am, O'Connell at the Indian Village is, I mean, it may not be open because of the COVID, but it is open. And, oh, and yeah, and the... Yes. Yeah. Yes. How to do uh, darts. <laughs> Blowgun darts. Blowgun darts. Yeah. Now, did you grow up thinking that that was a thing when you were a kid? Because I did. I thought people actually would probably use them. Oh. Well, <laughs> we, we did use them. We tried to figure out how to use them anyway. We were very good. I think it was part of the, the, the enchantment of uh, having a cousin who was part Cherokee. Because we try to do things. I told you about the time we caught fish, and we heard, you know, we heard 
Indians, quote unquote, used to wrap them in mud and then bake them in the fire. And you just cracked the, the mud open because it was dry. And then it was a beautiful fish. Well, I guess that works, but you got to gut the fish first. Oh, ooh. Oh. <laughs> that was such a big surprise to that me. That was what they call a learning experience. Oh, and the grinding. We did it all. God, me and my cousin Dina. Hey, Dina. Me and my cousin Dina, we ground up acorns to do uh, uh, acorn. I remember what. It was nasty. Oh, <laughs> I can't. We did it all. I cannot stand the taste oh, of acorns. God. People talk about baking them. And I'm like, why would you want well, to? Well, there's lots of stuff. I mean, there's stuff you have to do to it to make it palatable for modern taste. Modern taste, yeah. I'm trying to see how much it costs to go here to see the Oconomoc Indian Village. Anyway, so you can go, and I just want to recommend it to anybody who's coming through here. I know everybody loves the casino, mm. and it's all shiny, and it smells, you know, like money, strawberries, and money. But uh, but that Oconomoc Indian Village is really really beautiful and interesting and you can talk to some native crafts people who do and maybe have done for many generations yeah it's I mean, I've not been there in a while but that used to be kind of the deal is that they were you know this is this is Betty and Betty's mom Barbara and her mom before her did this so that's always nice <laughs> yep yep and I would go there and look at the food but the food was not, it wasn't Cherokee food that they sold. You know, I remember now, oh, duh, we have to talk about food. But I remember oh, that man. they would sell, like, boiled peanuts and cotton candy and just, and yeah. the, the, damn, the damn taffy. Do you remember that? Yeah. As if that's the only thing that we ate in the southeast. Anytime you went to any amusement thing, there had to be just these rock rocks, what, what was it, rocks, salt, excuse me, rock, salt water taffy. Salt water taffy and uh, rock, rock salt, candy. Rock candy, yeah. Like, that's what we ate. And I, I don't know about you, but I, I never... I mean, I did taffy a little bit, and I've pulled taffy a couple of times. But it was more of just to see if we could do it. I never went around saying, oh, golly, I just want some taffy because I want my teeth to come out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think with Appalachian people and our damn teeth, we wouldn't be wanting something you got to crunch or something you got to pull. Something that'll pull your Good teeth out. Golly. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but anyway, no, I remember thanks. that. Yeah, and I remember that they would sell. Uh, they sold a lot of honey uh, in these different shops, but we would never get honey there because, first of all, it was really expensive. Second of all, there was honey everywhere around Robbinsville. Probably, probably my kinfolk had it. But third, I was told that this was honey that they had shipped in 